into the breach, you Catholic shenanigans. <laughs> Okay, from the headlines today, folks, we've got two of the top three Virginia politicians participated in racist celebrations two and a half decades ago, and their lieutenant governor is accused of sexual assault. Nope, skip, skip, pass, done. Know how that story ends. Republicans asked Democrats to leave Trump taxes alone. I thought we finished that a couple years ago. Uh, skip. New Green Deal, AOC, oh, yeah. yeah, the new senator, uh, aims uh, to make air travel obsolete and aid those unwilling to work. Well, that might be interesting, but if they're unwilling to work, then how are they going to pay for the New Green Deal? Anyways, skip. Uh, Senate Intelligence Chairman says that there's no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. Skip. Goodness gracious, skip. Oh, but they announced a new investigation into his finances. That's, that's super and not surprising at all. Okay, so skip all that. That's the top five. One, two, three, four, five stories today. Nope, we're skip all that. But one did jump out at me, and you're wondering, why are you just skipping all the top five stories of today? Uh, yesterday, I, it jumped out at me because it's in Texas. Yay, Texas. Um, that a judge... Uh, ruled that the federal government can survey some land down in Brownsville. And this has to do with uh, the wall that some people want. Um, and this wall would actually be on the south side in the U.S., north of the Rio Grande, but south of the wall. So it would block off the U.S. from this uh, chapel, um, which is in the National Park Service Historic Places. Um, and the bishop, uh, Daniel Flores, was making the argument that it would limit people's freedom um, uh, and limit the church's freedom to exercise her mission. Uh, it doesn't look like this chapel has been used since the 50s. Um, other than a you know historical monument, uh, so I pulled this off of the nps.gov website. Gives history to of the area and the land and the lot to about 1770. It's a large ranch granted by Spain. He named it La Lomita. Um, 1851, French, uh, French uh, the native bought it. When he passed away um, in 1871, he uh, donated to the Oblate Fathers, uh, who had been using it um, with him as they went up and down the Rio Grande Valley doing their missions. Um, chapel was destroyed in floodwaters. New chapel was built in 1899. 1899. Um, and then a bunch of other buildings were built. Uh, blacksmith shop, quarters, guest house, rectory, etc., and today, La Lomita Historic District reminds us of the importance of missions in the settlement of this region of Texas. 1912, the missionary Oblates constructed St. Peter's Noviate on top of a hill. The building was used as a training center for student priests until, until the 1950s. So, 
pretty little chapel. Um, not used, though, currently. So I think that maybe instead of making the argument that it's going to block the mission, the church's mission and religious freedom argument, maybe we should start using that chapel for a lot of humanitarian things that it could be used for uh, in that particular region uh, for all those people who are suffering and struggling in the immigration battles, legal, illegal, whatever, you know, there's, there's issues down there. Um, and if the church has land uh, that it can use, uh, it should use it. Um, it shouldn't just slap a historical monument on it. Uh, you know, use it to the maxim maximum potential to help uh, the least among us. So that's kind of what I think they should make the argument for is, hey, not make an argument, rather, but hey, don't put a wall on our property because we're using it for XYZ, you know, humanitarian aid or something. Donate it to donate it to one of the lots of companies that are down there helping out uh, or do something more productive with it. I mean, the, the religious argument, okay, you're building a wall between our church and our our citizens. Okay, okay, I get it. I do. I respect that. Good position. Doesn't really hold the water. They let the survey go through, which means they would let a wall be built on the property. They'd scream, you know, eminent domain and build the wall anyways on, on church grounds. So I, I would, uh, you know, try to, while you, while you got the land, uh, maximize its potential um, by putting it to the right for right use and it doesn't say that if it's being used uh, I can't couldn't find anywhere online if it's being used other than just you know a tourist destination in a national historic place um, so if it is and anyone knows it is please correct me but uh, yeah definitely uh, can use some lots of land down there to um, help people and that's it so uh, kudos to the bishop for fighting for religious freedoms, uh, but also come up with a really better strategy for the land and what the church is doing down there on the border, not just fighting a wall. Fighting a wall, okay, I get it um, from the moral standpoint, but what what more are we doing um, down there? I'd like to hear more about that. That's my news. La Lomita in Mission, Texas, federal government now uh, can survey the land for their wall, which apparently will go through Mission, Texas. Okay, one thing that popped up during the State of the Union was my daughter watching Nancy Pelosi not stand during um, Donald Trump saying that he would always support a ban and action against abortion, late-term abortions. When Nancy Pelosi didn't stand up, my daughter, I had just finished explaining to her, you know, why people stand, why people sit, why they clap, why they chant, whatever they do. Um, and she was, Lucy, I say my daughter, Lucy was mad, so mad when Nancy Pelosi didn't stand up when she said he was, he was supported, um, you know, uh, pro-life efforts, if you will, um, that she, she, she stormed out of the room. And she went downstairs to tell her mom that Nancy Pelosi didn't stand up. So um, it was pretty funny. But here's the, here's the, here's the problem I had. Um, 
his only comment really was just a, you know, he doesn't support late-term abortions. Uh, not, not even scratching the surface of where we need to be as a nation and as a people. Um, you know, obviously, this goes without, hopefully goes without saying, uh, I'm pro-life, my family's pro-life, everyone should be pro-life. Um, the problem with his statement is, and if you hear any background noise, I apologize, I'm, yeah, in the car, 35, in Texas, this place is like a, a madhouse. Um, the problem with his statement is that he supports bans against, you know, late-term abortion. Why don't you support bans on all abortions? It, this is crazy. Come out and just say you're pro-life. Pro-life. All life. Day of conception on. Just, it, you don't, we don't need to draw boundaries after that. Um, gosh, I pray so much and so often for this. There's got to be a president in my lifetime that comes out and says guys I'm taking the blinders off this issue I'm going to make it a national news story every day the same way people have made Trump and Russia collusion a national news story I'm going to make abortion a national news story I'm going to declare abortion a national emergency instead of a border wall and immigration how about that could abortion be declared a national emergency I think you could why not it's murder Yep, absolutely. On a mass scale, yes, absolutely. Because it's done by physicians uh, instead of, you know, gang members. Doesn't make it right. Um, So, yes, absolutely. Somebody declare abortion a national emergency. Get funding to fight it to the death, no pun intended, tooth and nail. Maybe that's a better phrase and 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 end this nonsense just once and for all um and when i say get money for it i mean substantial money for it i and i don't know where that comes from either so and any of the economists listening can challenge me i'm i'm just brainstorming here um but yes for all you know all all services to support pro-life efforts including adoption and beyond you know get change the consciousness consciousness of the nation on this topic once and for all set it straight um i i it can be done i let me put it this way an election of a president that is pro-life from day of conception on and will build policies towards that and push towards that is possible in my lifetime can he or she get it through the hearts and the minds of the rest of the legislators in this country is a much more, I say legis- legislators and judicial representatives of this country is a much more challenging task. I, I recognize that. But not impossible. It really isn't. Um, so pray for the end of abortion. Thanks. Catholic News Agency uh, article posted today that vigilance by parents 
and their children called Key to Safe Internet Use. So I know a little bit about this that jumped out at me, you know, as a, as a young parent, um, parent of young ones, I should maybe say now, um, about, you know, protecting your kids while they're online and that kind of thing. Um, our kids uh, are currently, let me get this straight, 11, uh, turning 10 at the end of this month, 7, and 6. The boys turn 6 in December. So from 6 to 11, uh, we've got the spread there of elementary school and one in middle school. So this is how we do the the internet and, quote, screen time. Um, we don't have this written down anywhere. This is just kind of what we've evolved into. We've rolled with the punches. We've gone through the goods and the bads, although they're probably not the worsts, thankfully. Uh, thank the Lord of, of the internet uh, with the kids. Um, so uh, our kids are encouraged to use the internet for, for researching things they don't know. So, you know, whether that's screaming out to Alexa because they can't type um, or whether that's, you know, actually pulling up Wikipedia or Google or something and researching. The Internet should not be viewed as this deep, dark, evil thing. You know, it is if you make it that. But they need to know that that's a really good resource for researching stuff. So we actually don't focus on the bad of the Internet, really. We just focus on like, hey, it's there. It's a tool to research. You don't go, you know, into the, the darkest corners of it. Um, but it's there for, for research. There's a lot of stuff on there that they can figure out. And kids don't know a lot of things, so they need to know and they need to be told that if they don't know, it's their responsibility to go look it up. Don't just, you know, bury your head in the sand. Go, go figure it out. And one of the ways kids are going to figure out things, just like we went to the library and we had encyclopedias and that kind of stuff, is they Google it and they look it up. So embrace it to the extent that you can. Um, we also have a, and this has been kind of like my mantra in 2018 and 19, is kind of a create create versus consume mentality in theory. So if the kids are creating something electronically, uh, I'm much less likely to jump on their case about being on screens or be concerned about how much screen time they're getting or that that kind of uh, ac- actions. Um, if they're creating, let me give you an example of creating. Creating is, hey, you're in PowerPoint and you're creating slides. You're in Microsoft Word or Google Docs and you are writing a creative story. Um, kids do this. I know, it's crazy. Um, if you uh, are into coding and you get on Khan, Khan Academy or you download Stencil and you're, you're trying to code and you're trying to make things work and, and doing that, that's great. That's creating. That's like you really using your brain cells and, and creating, not consuming. Um, other, other things for the younger ones especially, you know, Minecraft. Minecraft is a tricky one. Uh, obviously, we don't have it connected to the Internet. Um, they're only, well, I strike that. It is connected to the Internet. But um, they're only allowed to play on maps with their cousins. They're not allowed to play, like, out there in the world. Because um, if you don't think there are predators in those games, you're just fooling yourself. So, yeah, only connect or let them create worlds and maps with people that you know and trust. 
Um, so Minecraft is good. It's still creating. It's a little less mine, a little less uh, challenging. You just gotta kind of go with the skill set of the kids. Um, and uh, Lego World. So let's kind of same, same, same thing. Xbox uh, is our platform that we do Lego Worlds on, and the boys love Lego Worlds. The girls love Lego Worlds actually too. Um, slightly mindless. They play in creative mode, so they have all the everything that they can possibly think think of um every once in a while i force them into you know game mode or adventure mode or whatever that is the other one is so that they get the challenge of finding things instead of just having everything available to create crazy things um but again there's the word creating they're creating worlds they're creating universes they're creating maps they're creating characters they're creating they're changing they're doing and also very importantly like i alluded to in minecraft and also in lego worlds they're actually doing it socially with other people, whether that's their brother or sister sitting with them on the couch and playing split screen on the Xbox, or whether they're playing online and they're chatting with their cousins. Either way, they're doing it socially, not just in a, in a bubble with headphones on and you know their nose glued to a screen by themselves. Um, another one that was on the on the fence of creative, uh, Animal Jam. Not really creative. It's just, this is a mobile game that the girls really, really liked. The boys never really got into it. But the girls really liked it, and they've liked it for years. It's called Animal Jam. Um, it's okay. They don't create in it, but there's a lot of little, like, learning pop-ups about animals and environments and habitats and that kind of stuff. Slightly social in that it is connected to the Internet and other characters are real people. Um, but they only have pre, pre-printed like messages that you can choose from um, to say, and it's it's heavily heavily uh, restricted chat, um, which is fantastic. Consuming, so we don't just create, and I don't just force them to create. Every once in a while, they need to just consume and just kind of go mindless. Um, obviously, uh, Netflix, Amazon, and other mobile games. Um, are, are examples of consuming electronics. So consuming, uh, do all the things that you've read. Put your parental controls on. Um, do do the internet um, blocks of everything possible that you can block them from um, and yourself from. Just keep your family safe. Um, and uh, profiles. So set up the profiles, you know, not just blocking stuff that's out there, but all the profiles, all the kids' profiles, parental controls, um, set up the little alerts that give you the emails that tell you what websites your kids are going to, check their histories, make sure they're not straying afar. If they're on YouTube, there are ways to do that safely, but exercise extreme caution. Make sure you know the channels that they're watching, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, you, you, YouTube is a tricky one. You got to stay on top of it. It's just, it's a mess. Uh, it's a little harder to patrol in my opinion. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, vigilance by parents and their children are, are key to safe internet use. So, um, those are kind of the tricks that we've, we've done. Um, focus on creating, consuming. Don't be, don't Focus on the, the, the bad. Focus on the good that they can do while they're connected in their electronics. Um, keep it social. Keep them creating. Keep it positive. Keep them le- researching. Keep them learning. Um, keep all those controls there in the background 
so that hopefully you keep your family safe. Good luck. God bless. And uh, if you have any other, if you have uh, suggestions on or tips or whatever on how to keep your kids and your family safe online, uh, let me know. And good luck. Okay, my wife's name's Laura, and we have five kids, and I have about a 20-minute drive on the way home from work, so I'm going to try and call her and using the Anchor app. Oh, by the way, Anchor was just bought by Spotify, which I'm a premium member of, and I love their service, so that's exciting, so hopefully they don't mess it up. And, uh, oh, uh, so uh, that aside, my wife's name's Laura, we got five kids, and I have a 20-minute drive, so I'm going to call her and try to use the interview add people function on anchor and talk to her on my drive home because um i love her and she's hilarious and you will love her too and full disclosure i have to tell her it's a it's a podcast i can't just like you know prank call her and not let her know she's being recorded because when you call through the app she's gonna understand that like she's being recorded so um but that aside she's still hilarious i'm sure you're gonna love her here we go